morning, Mr. Boy. Good morning, Mr. Shackman. Um, well, just a bit of a, a background uh, to all this is, um, so now we're going back to this podcast in person. Yes. Good, good. Yes, background noises and all. Uh, Jeremy has become concerned for our health, as scary as that idea may actually be. And so he's asked, or he's come up with the problem of how can we eat toast while wearing masks? Is, is there really a problem? Well, he spent all five minutes blasting through the previous episodes, and he's come up with this. I'm f- not putting that thing on my face. No, 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 no. Okay, okay. Well, I mean, it's going to look a little bit unwieldy, but um, Jeremy assures me he's covered the basics here. For sakes, what's the mass of that thing? Can my neck even fucking support it? Okay, hold on, hold on. All right, I need to look through the specs here. He has apparently gone through all this with his battery. Just go two pages from the end of the report. You'll find the specs. Well, you, table. You know, I've, I've got it. There's battery capacity, stress at the hinge joint, manufacturing processes. Ah, here we are. No, no, wait, that's dimensions of Cost. the control units. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mass, 350 kilograms. Hmm. Wait. Uh, he, I mean, he has thought it through. I really doubt that. Um, I mean, do I even want to know how this thing works? Sorry, I was scrolling through all the answer screenshots to see if he actually had discussed the mass. No, he hasn't. Um, what was that? Oh, yes, how, how it works. Oh, uh, yes, 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 yes. Okay, so what it looks like, it, it straps to your lower jaw, around about here. Um, it applies a force, and that quickly opens your mouth, throws in the toast, and then closes it. And yes, before you panic, it says here that he's actually applied a 1.2 safety factor on bone breaking force. So your jaw is not going to be broken when it opens up. It opens up 25 centimeters, allows the average size piece of toast to be thrown in, and then closed all within 0.2 seconds. Um, there's tons of CFDs showing aerosol dispersion stuff, blah, blah, blah. Um, and it's done in, because it's done in 0.2 seconds, there's only a 3.14% chance of contracting COVID. Although, hang on, that's a 49% chance of tetanus. These numbers are maybe not the best. Um, how about we just not eat the toast? Um, I've got a couple of real concerns about this. The one is, what about the bed? I mean, you're not, you're not going anywhere near that. So I'm just going to go and starve in the corner, if you don't mind. Well, it doesn't matter. He was so busy designing this thing, he forgot to make the toast anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Toasting design, Shaka Shaka and Michael Burrow. You've been reading reports, haven't you? <laughs> oh, goodness, I really have. Oh. I just I'd like to get occasionally you get this thing where the jaw opens 25 centimeters. You don't want to think about that. I'm not a <laughs> boa constrictor. What have you learned this week, Mr. Boa? <laughs> well, that, that, that with this machine I could eat a whole rabbit on toast in one go. Um, okay, so interesting one. Um, yeah. <clears throat> pencils. Yeah. Yes, I got, I got caught up in this fascinating thing about pencils. So obviously humans started drawing with, they figured out that you need a, a pigment, a, a thing that's a different color to the background, otherwise you can't see it. <laughs> sure, I mean, yes, you know, yeah. if you write on water with water, you can't see <laughs> what's happening. Okay, so you need yeah. something, you need diff, different colors. Sure. And obviously the, the thing which we were first exposed to was, let's say the burnt, the burnt stick and write on rock. Mm -hmm. There we go. Right. Now, in 1761, the wood-encased <laughs> pencil, as we know it, mm -hmm. was invented by the Faber-Castell company, which everyone okay. has heard of, yes, you know, yeah. German company. And that was effectively, um, it replaced what was used before it, which was a carbon, either based on a burnt stick or else an extruded graphite thing that was wrapped up in string to give it grip and, and it, it wouldn't break as, as much okay. and things yeah. like that. And you would sharpen it with a knife before the pencil sharpener was invented, etc. Okay. Um, 
I think what a funny thing. If you've ever watched any American TV, <laughs> what yeah. color are the pencils in America? The answer is they're yellow. All of yeah, them. Yeah, yes, yeah, yellow yeah, pencils. yeah. Yellow yeah. pencils. I don't know why we got brought up on the red and black. black and white zebra combination. Yes, yeah, yeah. Is it a red pencil with black stripes or was it a black <laughs> pencil with red stripes? I never could figure that out. I, I ate my way through many paint layers and never discovered that. So why were the pencils yellow? And I thought, okay. Mm. It turns out that a Czech company called Koinor first took the best graphite in the world, which came from China. Okay. And in the 1800s, they made sure that people who wanted the top quality pencils knew which ones had Chinese graphite in it. And they painted them yellow. And that's why top line pencils ended up being painted yellow. Because yellow was a good luck sign color, of, a yes, sign yeah, of uh, okay. best quality, etc. That's a, that's the whole thing. Now I've got a question for you, Mr. Shek. Mm. What was invented first? The mechanical pencil or the wood encased pencil? Uh, based on saying, talking about string and the different ways in which graphite was held, I'd actually almost go mechanical. The mechanical pencil was invented first. It was in 1565. And it wasn't by Da Vinci, by the way. <laughs> the funny thing is, th that's when the first drawings and uh, references to a mechanical pencil uh, was found. Hmm. But the first actual mechanical pencil was found in a shipwreck, which was pulled up in the 1970s. That ship sank in 1791, and it had a mechanical sure. navigator's pencil in it. Okay, 1822, the mechanical pencil patent was taken out, and this is the astonishing thing. Between 1822 and 1874, 160 design patents were approved for mechanical pencils, which means there were 160 different kinds of design for mechanical pencils, because a patent has to be yeah, diff different yeah, yeah. in terms of fit, form, and function. Here's the funny thing. Up until 1939, mechanical pencils only had 0.9 millimeter leads. They could not make them thinner. <laughs> it was the advent of wire stuff and World War II, which allowed you to bring 0 0.2, 0 0.4, 0 0.5, uh, etc., to, to make them thinner. Sure. So you needed manufacturing stuff. Now, here's the funny thing. The, you did the technical drawing. Um, yeah. What did you call, as all school kids call it, <laughs> their mechanical pencil? What is it known as? A clutch pencil. That is actually incorrect. There are three oh, sorry. known... <laughs> the funny thing is, there are three known actuators for it. Okay. The first one is screw, which is one where you rotate something and it just okay. keeps pushing it out. Sure. There are some pencils like that. They're normally a bit more expensive and flashy and things yeah. like that. You then have the two. One is the clutch pencil, okay. but the clutch pencil is not what we use. The one that we use is actually a ratchet pencil. Okay, yeah, well, yeah, I can... A clutch yeah. pencil merely grips the lead. To make it move, you have to hold it vertical, release it. The whole thing will fall out in one go, it. and you have, to, you have to adjust it with your hand. And it holds one lead at a time. That was the first mechanical pencil. It was known as the clutch pencil. The ratchet pencil is where you push the button and it pushes out and grips. Okay, and oh, yeah, you, okay. I was gonna that's say, right. Yeah. So what okay. we have, and I was, I was fascinated by this because we've all been calling it a clutch pencil. Yeah. In actual fact, it is a ratchet base. That is the function, the feature. Mm, yeah. So it's a mechanical pencil that uses the ratchet operation in terms of the layers of the design. And... All of them are mechanical, screw, ratchet, or clutch. It's just the, the thing that grips the lead works in different things and the, how many leads you can store, etc. And I thought, that started out by why are pencils yellow? And then you look <laughs> and it's like, okay, history of pencils. And then it's like mechanical pencils. Oh, I'm quite a fan of mechanical pencils. Yeah, so yeah. I thought, that's, that's quite interesting. Um, right. I think, you know, hey, not, not for this episode, but it, it's an interesting look into what are the 150 other odd 
different ways that you can make a mechanical pencil. And I mean, it's, they're different enough. I mean, you could consider them different concepts. Concept two is not necessarily the one that's going to win. That's right. And you think, okay, so maybe something was invented for a mechanical pencil in the 1840s, mm. which if you were to take it into the how 3D printers are trying to work and how to design a better 3D printer, you mm. might end up saying, ah, the way to put a filament into oh, a, a thing, that's a very clever way of doing it, which is based on mechanism design and what engineering students would have done yeah. back in the day. And you think... So I, I figure quite a lot of that stuff would come out because if you think of 3D printers, there are the ones which sort of pulse versus, I mean, how do they push and do the filament? And the thing is, it's the same thing. You're, yeah. you're pushing out something, but a, a pencil doesn't work on pushing out at a constant rate. It's, you, you know, you wear yeah. it out. And you wear you, it out and you, you, you do it. Tough. Cut back. You know, it's basically cutting back the surrounding body. That's right. And there's no real need for a mechanical pencil which continuously extrudes that the thing's always the same because, yeah, it's I mean, not yeah, like a welding like a MIG welder sort of thing as you're drawing it basically pushes that's out. right I mean but you think maybe maybe for art and things like that where it's a case of you you wouldn't want to be interrupted with a let me let me do this yeah you might actually want something which is a continuous feed um, but in which case what happens when you get to the end of the flip and lead thing anyway then you interrupt it anyway well uh, yeah unless you had like a, a continuous sort of feed you'd adjust you basically calibrated for your drawing style Yes. So I draw at this rate, and it will keep going at that rate. Um, I in, mean, in which case, you've just come, you, you've just made a three D printer for art. Yeah, it, I mean, effectively, effectively ex exactly is. that. And also, at some point, you know, liquefy the, the lead. I mean, you basically got a fountain pen. Yes, you, it, it's it that is drawn out rather than extruded out. That's right, and you could do it with, they say, chemical reactions as well. You could have two two powders or chemicals which meet at the nib. And and you, you know, and, and you think about it. It's like okay, so it's mechanical, and it's like okay, so three D printers. Yes, fantastic to the guys who invented that. It's like, um, well, it's a, it's a pencil, but instead of an infinitely thin thing, it, it you, you just build it up with with different sort of stuff. Um, this right. is a, this is a design show, not a weird bullshit <laughs> through history show. All right. So what what are we going to be talking about today besides pencils? Um, interesting thing when it comes to trying to work through a problem is to. Mm. The, the, there's no, as we say in design, there's no 100% correct way to do anything. No. And you can start anything in kind of any order, really. Um, yeah. You might find that if you started in one particular place, you realize I should have started it somewhere else because I uh, needed to know this before. Well, I mean, this is all assuming we've got the problem already. We defined the problem. So we're in the stage of I've got the problem now, let me develop a solution to the problem. That's right. And, and we've been through sort of how to break down problems in, in glorious sure. detail. Yeah, and, exactly. And, the, the thing which is important is the way that you break down a problem must be done correctly. Yes. You, you, yeah, you, no, you no. have to do yeah, it. No, yeah. And the way that you build up a solution, whether it is your first option to solve it or your second or your third or mm -hmm. your fourth, in fact, there's no well, up, to, up to 14E by Mr. Sheckman's uh, guidance, <laughs> um, two is obviously going to be the winner, but you've got, yeah. to have a, you've got to have a plan for how that thing comes together. So we always make the sort of joke that Students would say start the design by telling us how the the first thing that is going to solve this particular problem is the yellow electric bus. The second <laughs> yes. one is the green diesel truck, yeah. and the and the fourth one is the uh, titanium blue blue helicopter. Um, helicopter. There yeah. we go. Um, in which case, in the pencil case that we've just discussed, yeah. it happened to be yellow paint with a certain kind of wood with a certain kind of lead in it was the final thing. Now yes. the question is how the hell did they get to that? So, so 
Mm-hmm. We, yes, your bus may end up being yellow. It may very well yeah. end up being electric and it may very well end up having six wheels and stuff like that. Yeah. But you don't start off with a yellow painted wood encased pencil. And a plastic encased ratchet style mechanical. That's right. You don't start off with that no. as your idea and then tell her, and then work on the detail of how you get there. <laughs> yeah. It's actually the other way around. Exactly. Okay, yeah. so let's let's try and, and, and come up with an, with an example. And the two words we're going to throw out uh, if, if we start off with yeah. is, let's say, the I call it the order of influence mm-hmm. in terms of whenever you're trying to break down a problem, you mm. need to work out what is the biggest ingredient to the problem down to the smallest okay. and, and make sure you've got that order correctly because that's how you derive your requirements and your constraints and things like that. Yeah. And often the thing which has the biggest influence over it is probably a constraint because it's things that you it's the biggest thing you cannot do yes for the thing that you want to do yeah. so you almost need the requirement and then the first the first thing in influence is often your number one requirement which is a physics law or a safety rule or some something like <laughs> yes, that, an environmental yeah. thing yeah right so when you're doing the building up of a solution you have to do exactly the same thing mm-hmm Okay, so Mr. Sheckman, you yeah. just had uh, this very strong uh, paint strip of coffee that was uh, quite useful in getting rid of the battery acid marmalade <laughs> from the previous one. And I now present you, it's now 7 o'clock in the morning, yeah. with a absolutely massive double cheeseburger. Oh, goodness. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so I've, I've, I've done it. I've presented you with a yellow painted wood encased pencil. Right. Okay, fine. Yeah. Um, right. The order of, let's say, influence mm. um, in terms of Okay, what what would you say it would be? Uh, are we talking about developing a, a cheeseburger here or putting together? We can we can quickly put together the, the cheeseburger yeah, in terms of how it was created because that that's what students do. They present you with a cheeseburger and it's a case of all right. So what was the most important thing to get right in this world class competition winning double cheeseburger? And yeah, well, it'd probably be the meat. The beef. Well, it's probably the the, the burger. The the the, the patty. Um, as it that's works. right now I want you to just stop pause okay. and simulate right mm. you're now a judge at this burger eating competition okay what's the very first thing that you're going to do as a judge on this burger what's the first thing you're going to touch oh, and if it doesn't feel quite right okay oh, good point okay the bun the bun now the bun needs to be ready just in time because you don't want to toast the bun and no. then it sits and gets flipping cold and and and, crusty, that sort of stuff. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and it absorbs too much of the juice of the patties etc so okay. but if you if you and i mean i've done this with many burgers if you put your thumb under and it's wet underneath <laughs> that bottom <laughs> bun i'm not so keen anymore because it's not it's just a soggy bread okay go. so it's, it's first the appearance well i mean it's almost in preference order it, it's the top bun because you're not really looking at the bottom bun. that's right it tends to be hidden by your relishes and all that nonsense so top bun then it's it's, it's the picking up at that point it's a picking up at that point. Now, what we're, gonna, what we're doing here is we're breaking it down and then we're then going to figure out, all right, so in what order do you make it? Because yeah. the patty takes much longer to toast than the bun. Yeah. But you might want to toast the bun in the juice that's, you take the patty off and you yeah. might want to toast it in the burger, yeah. the, the burger remnants there for like a gravy type effect. In which case you can't do that if you haven't cooked the patty first. Sure. And if you cook the, if you toast the bun first then the bun is cold and clammy and, and all that sort of stuff. Um, Okay, right. So the bun is really important, and we've got to figure out where the order of it is in terms of manufacture. Yeah, so it has a high influence, but in terms of importance at this point, 
it, it's maybe not the you know the highest necessary. We, that's we that's have right. To, we have to make sure that we don't forget about the bun at the end. We're not putting it to patty on the plate. Correct. Now here's the thing: when you bite into it, you don't really care about the bun. That's not why people eat burgers. You shouldn't be. It you shouldn't should. be at this chewy thing that you can't get your teeth through. So on. And so forth. That's but true. No one sits and says those are the most delicious sesame <laughs> seeds I've ever tasted in my life. They came from a field in Afghanistan. You don't do that. No. So the bun's got to be perfect, but it's <laughs> irrelevant. In fact, it's the handles. Yes, yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Let's keep it. your fingers clean. And it mops up the sauce. It acts as an absorbent thing so you don't drool. Mm -hmm. um, okay, cool. And then, then obviously the main attraction is, okay, the cheese we're not going to worry too much about. You. You're just going to sauce the correct kind of cheese and yeah. put it on so that it's got the right amount of melt. Melt and yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. but you can't do that before you've cooked the patty. The no. patties... And, and you, you don't you melt know, your cheese and just scrape it off and put it on your pan. Exactly yeah. right. Okay, so that's not that relevant. We're also not going to worry about growing the lettuce and all of that sort of <laughs> stuff and the slicing of the tomatoes. There'll, there'll be those. Those are the simple yeah. things that you add on. You don't pre-cook any done. of that. Yes, yeah. Done. All right. And then you agree that it's it's down to the patty. Yeah. So what? Okay. What goes into it? That's another story. But yeah. then it's a case of it's the the cooking of it. Yes. If it's cooked too hot it's going to be too crusty on the outside and undercooked on the inside yep. if it's cooked too cold it ends up tasting boiled rather than yeah barbecued okay fine and you've got to make sure the sauces and stuff are, are quite correct we have to simulate all of this stuff yep. and what you would have had to go through in the design is to work out well here's the perfect burger stove thermodynamics time taken here's a timeline of what you need when mm -hmm. and when you put it together here is the perfect burger yes and that is the let's say the, the influence is that yeah. you've got two things that make up the, okay, you can't have soggy lettuce. You can't, got, so you need to define exactly what you want. So what solves the, you need, it's a cheeseburger. So you, need, you, you need a cheese solution. You yes. put in requirements, constraints, yeah. and you would then come up with a couple of different kinds of cheeses, a square, triangular, circular, whatever the hell you want. How long, it, you know, basically what happens to it after it's melted? Does it just fall off or does it creave, solidify into a nice, 100% correct yeah. um, so, so you would actually end up with a, like a URS thing which would define exactly what you wanted from a source and from a this and from yeah, a yeah. that and, yes, and all that yeah. sort of thing and the order of that is very important that's what we're going to try exactly, and do today yes, yeah. is that the order is important so you cannot just say here is my double cheeseburger that has this many grams of meat and that's it's two slices of cheese and it's got this side's bun and it costs this much and blah 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 and, and, and that's your final thing. I, I think uh, the analogy here, in the case of our yellow bus, blue helicopter, so on, would be, here's your Steers burger, here's your McDonald's burger, here's your Wimpy burger. Yes. Uh, that, that's, that's not what we can do. We're not going to do that. We're going to do it in the, in the sense of, we're going to go bit by bit, where, right, this is the patty. So it's no longer, the, it might in the, in, in the end become a, a Wimpy burger. That's right. Yeah. But we, our, our initial options are not presenting, right, we're going to design a Wimpy that's right and we're also not coming up with three kinds of stoves to cook a patty no because we, because that's another way where students get distracted is all of a sudden i've got three i've got three ideas on how to cook this thing mm -hmm. and and then uh, well no 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 <laughs> and the plate what, what kind of plate are you going to have it on and so on and there, there we go um and, and that was just that was just taking a final concept which seems kind of simple in mm -hmm. terms of what it is and then just Again, we say this all the time. With design, put yourself as the person who's going to eat this thing. Yeah, the, the end user. Yeah, That's right. And it's a case of you, you're just going to look at that pattern. It's like, that is dry. You, there's the visual test. There's yeah. the feel test. There's the smell test. There's the pick off the lid and have a look at what's in it. And it's instantly you work out, this is, this is a burger that's worth the next step. Yeah. Same as what we do with design. It's a case of, 
I, I've <laughs> looked at this solution and the next step, this is not going to get yeah, any better. It, 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 I can already tick the box of it does not solve the problem. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Um, what other kind of examples do you think we could do in terms of just priority, which let's say are maybe a bit more mechanical than a, than a burger? I mean, let's go for a car or an aircraft. and Let's go even different. Let's go boat. Why not? A boat for a change. Yes, yes, yes. Um, a boat across the desert. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> uh, let's say a yacht race. Atlantic a yacht race. <laughs> and, and Atlantic uh, yacht race. Obviously, an Atlantic yacht race is slightly different to a Pacific yacht race in terms of what you and obviously in the Atlantic you've got different levels depending on what you've got to design for like if you're doing uh, <coughs> Joburg to New Zealand you've got different kinds of seaways versus uh, you know, yes, your yeah, sort yeah. Of standard trip. but we do a standard North American Europe uh, yeah. type tra transatlantic thing uh, good weather season all that sort of stuff yes um, order of priority okay let's say I'm the aerodynamics person I'm going to yeah. be like alright in terms of the solution here mast and sail first well I mean probably go into hull type catamaran trimaran uh, single hull shape and so on and so forth that's right uh, obviously race competitions might dictate not maybe the format of the hull but in terms of like number of masts and total area and stuff okay you'd have so to look up those sorts of rules but i mean most catamarans would have a central um a central mast yeah. with a sail but the drag properties and the actual design racing speed would d determine a different kind of sail yeah because a cat goes faster than a single hull, and then yeah. you've got those single hulls like America's Cup shit, where it's like, how many boats in formation can you make? Like, you know? <laughs> <laughs> the thing looks like a Russian doll set of stuff, hydrodynamic, aerodynamic shapes. It's like, did an airplane crash into this thing? Did it look like that? Um, okay, right, yeah. But now, where would we start? Would we, would we first of all do the, the hull, and then like, let's chuck a mast on this thing with some sail and see what we get? Or do we say, we're going to do a better mast and better sail than anyone else and then match a hull to it. Well, in terms I of think you rightly identified the, the rule. So if the rules are dictating one aspect to it, yes. then if that's out of our control, let's look at the thing we do have control over. That's right. Let, let's do a standard type student thing. Which mm. case of, let's say there are no real constraints on, on hull type, but obviously with masts and, and, and sails, you're pretty constrained. There's like the very best, most efficient way which everyone's currently doing it. If you can do half a percent better than them, you're doing well. Yes, but you, yeah. you're not going to reinvent something where it's a case of I've got a new material and we can just yeah we're going printers. supersonic yeah that's yeah, right exactly, um, yeah. so there's there you're limited whereas with the other stuff you can be quite clever in terms of water reaction and Freud numbers and uh, blowing bubbles and yeah. uh, all that sort of nonsense okay fair enough so so what's the higher influence where where should we start then it should be the hull or the water the 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 part of the boat that interacts with the water at the very least that's right and the reason for that is that's going to have who's on it yeah and what living stuff they need because you can't you can't make these people I mean, just stand the whole time to sleep yeah, and, yeah, and all yeah, that exactly. sort of stuff and obviously there's a lot of safety stuff in terms of tip over and what kind of wavelengths and pitch angles and stuff you're designing and for. All that, yeah, yeah. Um, tip over type stuff. A keel is an interesting thing because you also have to balance the worst case aerodynamics with your yeah. mass moments, etc. So the keel and the mast kind of go together. Yes. And if the one gets bigger and worse, the other one gets better and well, worse. Well, I mean, what I'd almost say is start the design off with basically take the top performing yacht that we're competing against. I'm just going to take the mast. I'm just going to use it as my initial starting off point. Yes. I'll, I'll adapt it later. I'm not designing it, but I'm going to run in the assumption that it's going to be something along those lines so that it means I can even further develop my hull from the start. Yes. Um, because as you say, the odds of us being 
0.5% better mm. are quite low. So we'd like to have something of that nature. Yes. So, well, we, we can run the assumption that is our, our initial stuff. It's basically chosen for us. Correct. Think, yeah. And the important thing there is in terms of your design, say, literature survey, would mm. be to analyze the hell out of a bunch of different mast and sail shapes and mm -hmm. work out this is the very best one it's got the best speed envelope it's a bit shit on off the line but it's a transatlantic race yeah if we've got the worst first gear <laughs> in an f1 race who cares because yeah. you use first gear for like 0.5 start in a pit stop yeah. type thing in which <laughs> yeah. case we okay fine um fair enough that analysis would be beforehand to identify okay this is the best master then then we're on to the main attraction we're on to the burger patties yes so what we're saying here is, if us if the steers burger has the very best bun, yeah, why don't we just take the bun and do our own patty for it? Yeah, exactly. Don't don't mess with it if it's if that is good enough and irrelevant because we can't really do much better. No, we I mean, we might be butchers and burger makers, but bakers. Well, I mean, breaking it down. Terrible. I mean, the the differences between a McDonald's patty and let's say a Steers patty are, are, are significantly different. That's right. I I sorry, I shouldn't have made a joke about the bun. This is a show about toast and I've just knocked you as not being a baker. Damn it. <laughs> Didn't think that one through. But th those things are, the patty is significantly different but for the most part, okay, there, there are small differences but the bun's the bun. You also, uh, yes. you, you know, you, you're not finding McDonald's is not coming out with, a, I mean, they, they do have sandwiches and, and so on and so forth, but it's not. So we are using a bun. We, that, we, we that's right. And you could almost argue that a burger is defined by the bun, not the patty. So you could do a square patty. In fact, there's a famous fast food chain that does square patties. You could do a variety of interesting things to the inside of it. Yep. But if it doesn't look like a toasted sesame bun, people won't call it a burger. Yeah. Then it's like, is that a Prego roll? Or is yep. it, it's, it's, all exactly. of a sudden it's a different yeah. thing. So it's like your yacht, when you say yacht, I don't think catamaran. Catamaran's a catamaran yacht. So yacht you think single hole. Yeah. But then again, yachts also motorize and unmotorize. So it's like, there's a whole terminology world there. It's a bit like glider, sailplane, airship, yeah, yes. quad hex. Yeah. They're, they're specific names for them. I agree with you completely. So you keep the yeah, you, you, you work on the on the mean the, the, the blood and guts. And as a student design project, let's say at, at third year level, what do we really know about the aerodynamics of sails and stuff? And the answer is enough to start. Yeah. But the whole stuff is where we should be focused because exactly. that's what's gonna make this burger better or worse or exactly the same as what we've In other words, this is what is gonna be used to show we solved the problem. That's right. If I say I've used the same sail as them. Well, we know it works. It's worked on their ship. And it's, it's used, almost the same thing is used on every other thing. So it's basically been shown to solve the problem already. It, what we have not proven is our hull works. That's right. It's a bit like a student that wants to design a better F1 car. <laughs> What's the thing to do? Design the chassis and the suspension and use existing powertrain. Yeah. Or I'm going to take the Ferrari <laughs> and I'm going to do my own engine for it. Yeah. And it's a case of, Mm. Yeah, yeah, and then also let's also completely ignore aerodynamics because I mean that plays no part whatsoever. Exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So you 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 basically analyze the thing and then then go to work on it. Yeah. Um, okay, fine. So we'd we'd work on on the hull, and that's where we'd come up with a range of different ideas which we mm. could work on. Which uh, okay, the complexities of analyzing you know how much your hull slows down when you plunge underwater. Yeah. That's a bit hectic. But for for the open water drag stuff. 
we we could do that without you well, know I mean, it's a function of how much you sink in and the total length and the width and the shapes and stuff as you i mean you've actually hit the point it's also again talking about influence you know are we worried about the one-off instance when we've got high waves and things like that where we're plunging down well it's going to slow us down yes but are we going, I mean, we're going in the, the, the clean seed or the, 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 the nice season, in inverted commas. Yes. Um, so when that's expected to be a low priority. Same thing for our acceleration. We've got poor acceleration, but we don't really care. What we want is we're, we're up to top speed. Let's keep things at streamlined. Let's load disruption yes. to water and things. That's where we put our focus on. Um, so if your detailed design is then slipping into that, that getting that, that hydrodynamic drag profile just right, but we haven't really looked too much into how the water goes over the top and yep. so on and so forth. Okay, fine. You, you can, you can, you should hypothesize. You should at least do something towards it. But the main focus is on the majority of our race. That's right. It's it's pointless trimming the cheese to have perfect ninety degree angles at the end if the patties are not. No one's the really patty also then shrinks and you you, you create and an now the cheese is too big and now what the hell do you do type yeah thing. and I, I think the point there is if you were to say and you see this with with design and it's very easy to do this mm -hmm. done it many times myself you think here, here's you know let, let's make ours get out of if it pitches in let's get our nose up because all boats will be affected mm -hmm. let's make ours be least affected by that and its answer is well in the race what if that doesn't happen once yeah you've compromised the whole design for you've optimized the, the lettuce for this particular burger and the judge is going to lift it up and doesn't eat it yeah. and takes it off it's like that's a, bur a burger can be with or without lettuce no one really minds yeah it doesn't it's not a it's not a, a sort of game changer and that's again it's the order of influence it's a case of okay well how much time is spent picking the bloody nose of the boat out of the out, out of waves in which case once twice twice a day once a day once a week once a month once every 10 years influence where does that fit and, and that's the thing so you know it's also not a case of, of being sort of stuck you know it's that limbo of oh, i don't know which one to do first and so on and so forth provided you got an understanding of the influence and it's it basically is a big picture view Let's say you started off with the, the, let's keep the nose down as it goes under. So it's a smooth transition under and over the wave. So basically. we don't lose speed, basically. Exactly. Yeah. We keep our speed up. The sail auto forms into this. Yeah, we got some canards that dip down into the yeah, water to it, pick it up. We've got a rocket yeah. motor. <laughs> We've got lots All of ideas. That. And you, you stop and you start looking at it. Actually, I mean, the, 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 the percentage that, that occurs is actually relatively low. You find we've got that idea. But as you then start developing, if that is now starting to influence what you've now picked up, it's actually the bigger, the bigger part, the, the hull. Actually, it's really affecting drag. Okay, well, I mean, it's part of iteration. I'm going to either change that or reevaluate re that or whatever That's the right. case is and reposition it. And you, in a report, you're not going to tell me how you did the wrong thing first. You're going to first say, well, identified the hull was the best thing and we're going to go for, for speed. Do that. And by the way, we're not going to put canons on it you now have known in hindsight that it doesn't work another reason we were that's right the canons help you get the nose out of the water but for the rest of the 45k an hour trip they're producing parasite aerodynamic drag which and the you moment you've got need. small waves pulls your entire boat underwater exactly <laughs> and the additional loads make the flippant thing heavier so it sinks in the water more which is more you know and additional and loads and blah 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 yeah but if you're going for like a, a small lake race and things and you need to be able to bank around a corner quickly well, then what is the influence? The influence is maybe more right. Where, you know, where are things, you know, watch your race. 
where are the the changes happening? Where are people doing the overtake? It's around a corner. It's around, it's around the turns. It's turn rate place. around a bend. Yeah, a number of do you can pull it. So yeah. what we need to do is our, our main first priority. Let's get that turn right. Yes. And we, uh, we keep the rest of the stuff in we mind We keep well. their bun, we keep their cheese, we keep everything. Yeah, we're just going to tweak gonna the do sauce. That. And then thing. see, okay, what effect has it now had on this? Does it then mean that, right, we, we can turn around, we can basically turn on a pin. We basically come to a complete stop. The anchors hit the ground, yeah. whips us round, but now we've still got an anchor on the ground. <laughs> okay, that's now not going to work for us anymore. Um, okay, fine. I, okay, maybe you shouldn't have chosen that. You should have seen the anchor coming. But um, the, the idea is that design, in some ways, autocorrects for this. Yes. But you need to have that that idea of influence and influence in the, the big picture. What is the has going to have the greatest effect? But then also, what role does the cheese play, and why why do we have the cheese on it? And, and I think the 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 identification of the influence is something that you get with just by practicing. And the other thing is, it also comes by not not fixating on anything. Work through it, mm. sim simulate how you're going to try and solve the problem and work out, hmm, that's a, in the famous words you hear often here, <laughs> that's a rabbit hole, that's a rabbit hole, yeah. that's a rabbit hole. <laughs> okay, what are we trying to do again? This is a burger eating competition, stick to the point, most important thing is, okay, then let's, let's take that third rabbit hole, that's yeah. the first one, the other two, let's hope we don't get there because they're unimportant, exactly. if we need to, we'll have to... Um, and then if, as you work through it, particularly in a group, you'll have people who would, let's say, hopefully agree on the influence. You should yeah. agree on the, on the influence. Um, you know, actually, for when it comes to burgers, I'm one that dismantles it completely. I don't eat it. I okay. eat them all separately anyway. So for me, it, but for me, then it's a case of, well, the bun, and, and that's, why, that's why I okay. hate soggy buns. Because sure. if you literally bite into the bottom and the sauce has gone into the bread, how would you even tell? Yeah, not yeah. just you don't. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so it's a case of, all right, well, that's how I eat a burger. You evidently eat a burger the way that humans are supposed to eat a burger, <laughs> which is why it looks like a burger. Um, <laughs> but that's it. So, and you say you know, so it comes with, with experience, learning, learning a sort of influence level. The other thing I think that can be done as a sort of a, if you finding you're struggling with that, you, you're doing that, take a look at, and it always helps something you have an interest in, even if it is burgers. Ask questions on, on things that not design your own, but on the existing products. Why do you know? Why does a, a Big Mac have a, a bun in the middle? You know, part of a yes, that extra it. thing. Yes, you know, what, is it for extra looks, or is it something else? And you can start to, if you critically evaluate that, you can start to get ideas as to, all right, so it's about absorption of juice level or whatever things through. Okay, it's not that you have to do that, but Right, I need to keep an eye on on that as an influence. And right, I'm doing a vegan burger. Right, okay. Well, the odds of juices are quite low. So in terms of the level of influence, the, the the juice absorption through my bun is not actually really low. So I can lower that down on my level because I've broken it down and critically evaluated it. And it, it's why you know certainly in fourth year projects, when you get to those, you're likely to be a little unfamiliar with the topics. And yeah. that's why in our literature reviews, we expect you to do some critical evaluation so we can see you're bringing yourself up to speed. It's not just this car has this radius and this speed and this acceleration, but why? What did it do differently? Why did it beat all those other cars? Was it just down to driver? Okay, cool. Then how are you going to take that into account? And, and so on and so forth. That's the idea of critical evaluation. Not just tell us, I found the info. 
Yes. Yeah. All the, the standard thing at the start of the report is there are four kinds of vehicle suspension. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yes, but you're supposed to be doing a green hovercraft. <laughs> so, yeah, I wonder what you're going to be designing for your walking robot your, now. Your, your green hovercraft that's got double wishbone <laughs> suspension on the driver's seat because it has to have double wishbone because it's the best. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, if you've got some ideas yourself or uh, ways that you achieve... Um, Design perfection. Exactly. Or what you think the ultimate burger is, McDonald's. This is the wrong answer, unfortunately. Um, then let us know at toastingdesign.gmail.com. Otherwise, thanks very much for listening. We'll catch you in the next one.